This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Ever heard of Eddie Kim? Who hasn't? Oh, I was watching one of those crime shows once, you know, with the hokey reenactments where he tortured this guy who was a witness against him by gouging out his eyes and then feeding him to some pigs. Pretty gruesome stuff. Yeah, he doesn't mess around that guy. So, um, yeah, what are you... What do you have to... Um, I'm a witness for the prosecution. Wow. (laughs) That is so hot. (laughs) Come to the party, pal! Action Movie Reviews with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Get to the chopper! Yippee-ki-yay, mother... It's my job to handle life and death situations on a daily basis. It's what I do, and I'm very good at it. Now, you can stand there and be the panicked, angry mob and blame him, me, and the government for getting you into this. But if you want to survive tonight, you need to save your energy and start working together. Now, what we need to do is go back in there and find all the dead snakes we can so the doctors on the ground will know what kind of anti-venoms we need. Whatever you find, you bring it to me. And I don't need to tell you to be careful. We got to clear the snakes out of the cockpit. Yeah, yeah, clear the snakes out of the cockpit, yeah. Enough is enough! I have had it with these mother snakes on this mother plane. Everybody strap in. I'm about to open some windows. Wow. Oh, God. I love it. Wow. Oh, wow. my God. All right. Action Movie Rewind here. Part of the Mackie and Judd movie review franchise every Friday going back to March 2020, right when the pandemic hit. We've been reviewing movies, action movies, rom-coms, sports movies, Maybe we'll branch out even more at some point. But today we have landed on Snakes on a Plane, 2006. I would say a generational cult classic. Oh, yeah. And we'll get into more of that. Early days, of, fairly early days of internet and things going viral. Mm-hmm. Here's the summary presented by Federated. And I'm going to guess that uh, a lot of people and entities in this movie could use some insurance Federated's here to help with risk management. You know, if you ever have an infestation of snakes, I don't know, maybe Federated has some guidance and advice for you. Not sure how that works, but they've been around for over 100 years, based in Owatonna, and uh, they allow business owners to sleep better at night with the people, the policies, and the resources that they provide. Find out more at federatedinsurance.com, and remember at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Here's the summary of Snakes on a Plane. FBI agent Nelville Flynn, played by Samuel L. Jackson, boards a flight from Hawaii to Los Angeles, escorting a witness to trial. 
An onboard assassin releases a crate of deadly serpents in an attempt to kill the witness. Flynn and a host of frightened passengers and the crew must band together to survive the slithery threat. 69% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Nice. The Rotten Tomatoes critics consensus says, quote, Snakes on a Plane lives up to its title, featuring Snakes on a Plane. It isn't perfect, but then again, it doesn't need to be. $33 million budget. Oh, my God. There was like one set. They're on a plane. Samuel L. Samuel L., yeah. Samuel L. $33 million budget turned into $62 million at the box office. Samuel L. Jackson, Juliana Margulies, Keenan Thompson, and a bunch of other sort of fringe recognizable actors from that era. Mm-hmm. Directed by David R. Ellis. Can you guys guess what David R. Ellis is famous for? One of the great 90s sequels. Don't know. Homeward uh-huh. Bound 2, Lost oh. in San Francisco. <laughs> he also directed. Okay. Jed, have you ever seen I that? Never, Dude, got... Homeward Bound, oh my God. Those I are tearjerkers, man. We should oh review Homeward Bound. No, we should, I, act, we should legitimately I don't want to do tearjerker rewind. I do yeah, not want to do tearjerking rewind. What's next then? Toy Story 3 so yeah. I can just that, keep cry again? Yeah, Stop no, it. No. I'm going to put it down on our list. Homer Bound. We'll, we, we will find a genre that includes Homer Bound. Kids uh, no. movie. Kids no. movies. Let's review kids movies. No, I'm not, no. I'm yes. drawing the line. I do not want to do kids movies. <laughs> At some point, we're going to run out of action movies. Yeah. So. Yeah, and then we'll go back to more rom coms because there has to be something better than Mr. Baseball. <laughs> uh, we still so a lot of sports films too, by the way. We do. We definitely do. All right, we'll start with Judd here. What was your main takeaway from Snakes on a Plane? My main takeaway from this film, and there's a lot to take away from this film. This was a great one to do this project for. But anyway, my main takeaway was Samuel L. Jackson got paid clearly and good for him. Like, <laughs> like this is a this is a fantastic. And so here, here's the thing that's sort of sort of genius in his part in taking this role. You don't know what's going to become like just a flop of a film like this, as opposed to a cult classic. So, like, it's hard to tell. Um, and the, the fact he took this film and the fact that this film is, you know, while very gross at times, is also hysterically funny at times. This is a great film where where I don't know what his side projects were because he's a great actor, but he must have had some projects where he either just wanted to do them and wasn't going to get paid a lot, or I don't know if he was doing theater or what. But the man cashed in, and that's my takeaway. Good for you. And he's great, but my point is, like, this is this is so below his potential pay grade. Because, like, he, he could be in action films that are just great action films. And to take Snakes on a Plane, gotta love it. I'm trying to find what he made for this movie. And Me too. nothing is... Yeah, I agree with this. Well, he and Juliana Margulies had to make a decent amount of the budget that you talked about right yeah but juliana besides the special effects she was i mean i know she was she was still prominent in er at the time but like er good, that good wife came out like six seven years ago like my mom was super into that show like she she didn't really i think hit her stride to like five or six no, years later after this dude, i mean she was established e- er I mean, got you paid yeah yeah, Cause, yeah cause ER, her, her and clooney were yeah. big time stars yeah she did she was on i mean those those big cast members on er were making probably millions per season yeah, i would she, assume right i guarantee like, you for that role, she got paid. But anyway, Samuel L., <laughs> it was a treat to watch you. And and I give him credit too, you guys. There's a lot of there's a lot of actors that could have done this film 
that would not have made this film nearly as much fun yeah. and it wouldn't have been nearly as good. So that's my takeaway. I think just to piggyback, I'll give you my takeaway in a second, but it almost felt like, all right, what's the most outrageous plot we can put Samuel L. Jackson in? You know, what if it's just him? You know, it's like they went through a different different iterations of what if there's like a bomb on a plane? Oh, yeah, well, that's kind of been done before. Turn, yes. What if what if the what if the plane is like malfunctioning and they have to land it? Oh, that would be good, too. No, no, no. What if we put snakes on the plane? Oh, yes. my God. Right. I think my main takeaway is that sometimes it's hard to name movies. You know, it's and we see it we throughout this exercise of these Friday movie reviews, we see a lot of the, well, this is what the original film was called, and then they changed it to this. It's like it's hard to name things. Oh, I see. It's yeah. hard to name brands. It's hard to name movies. My main takeaway is this is the most perfectly, <laughs> succinctly named movie in cinematic history. Yeah. <laughs> this movie is, like, there's no Gone with the Wind. ambiguity about, well, no, Gone with the Wind is not. You know, you wouldn't know Gone with the Wind is about Civil War in the Old South, would you? I mean, the movie title tells you exactly what you're going to get for an hour and a half. With no ambiguity, you're going to get snakes on a plane. The only thing that would have made it even more accurate is if it was snakes on a mother bleeping plane, yes. which wouldn't have been uh, as marketable. And go go to your notes, too. It's great that they tried to change the name. Yep. And Samuel L. Jackson's like, you ain't changing the name of the film. Yep. <laughs> it's hilarious. All right, Dex, what was your main takeaway? This is this is the perfect movie of what we need to do every week. Just a <laughs> ridiculous, over-the-top, poor acting, poor lines. What do you poor acting? Keenan Thompson was yeah, amazing yeah, in yeah, this Yeah, yeah, Keenan Thompson. I'll get there. I'll get there. Uh, but th- there's absurd deaths. There's oh God, yeah. a little bit of, like, risque and nudity involved. There's actually a lot, kind of a significant amount of nudity involved. Uh, it hits everything we need in our action movie review. It is over the top and ridiculous. It's been probably, I didn't see this in theaters, but I saw it shortly after it came to like DVD video and my friends watch, and I watched it like four times in a summer. And I, I don't think I have watched it since, so it's been probably like 15 years since I've, ac- I've actually seen it, but it's still absolutely absurd. It is, I- I'm so glad we were able to review this movie. I'm so happy. All right, Jet. Go. Uh, let's go to the next one here, Joe. What was your favorite part about Snakes on a Plane? Oh, this one's simple: the special effects and the way that they, the different ways that they tried to come up with for snakes to kill the people on the plane. Oh, yeah. I thought was fantastic, um, and I love, I love how I think the last big death on the plane was the obnoxious guy who you kept waiting for him to die. Oh yeah, who throw, who throws the dog to that massive snake, and gets you. Obviously, you knew that that dog. At. You knew that that dog. Was. Right. You but, but, what I, but what I loved is is the guy that fed the snake the dog was obnoxious, and you knew that he was going to die eventually. You just, just didn't know how. And seconds after he basically kills the dog, he gets um, he gets um, eaten, constricted. Yeah. He the snake wraps him up and then puts his, and then puts the snake head on his head and starts to eat him. Okay. If you don't, if you this didn't enjoy the special effects of th- this film, and then when oh, when they would show the, the passengers who, who had been dead for quite some time, and they were like foaming in yeah. the mouth, or there was stuff coming from their eyes, yeah, uh, bravo, special yes. effects, bravo. Which probably <laughs> behind it, the two top eight actors was the rest of the budget, basically. That's my guess. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I need a budget breakdown of this movie. Like, how much did Juliana cost? How much did Samuel cost? And then how much did the special effects cost? And then how much did it cost just to, like, because well, there's a production note. They actually used a bunch of real snakes in this movie. You know, oh. how much does it cost per? I'm sure those Hollywood snakes have agents <laughs> who might also be snakes. Well, I was going to say, I was going to say, yeah, you got a lot of snakes. Oh, boy. Uh, let's go back to Dex here, your favorite part uh, of this movie. A cu- couple of things. There Actually, there's so many things. Uh, number one, I love Keenan Thompson in this movie. And like, and he really doesn't really come into his own to like the last scene of the movie, which I absolutely love when he's in the cockpit. All right, what's up? What's up, y'all? What it is? What it is? This is your new pilot, Troy speaking. And sitting next to me is my main man, my brother from another mother, the biggest pimp that I know, Superfly <laughs> Agent Blinn, ladies and gentlemen, Agent Blinn. <laughs> Sir, have you got any experience piloting a jet aircraft? Oh yeah, F-15s, F-16s, A-10 waterhogs. I've flown all that. And we're all thankful to have you, sir. What squadron were you with? Uh, the awesome fighting aces. Man, I'm telling you, the video gamers got their locked down tight. Sir, are, are you telling me that your only real flight time is at the controls of a video game? See, it's not, it's not a video game, all right? It, it's a flight simulator. Is that PlayStation or Xbox? PlayStation 2. <laughs> <laughs> um, he is awesome in this. Uh, a few other things. Just how obnoxious some of these deaths are so like yes like judd's saying the snakes that are just killing them in every possible way the couple that and i love how they follow like the classic horror film rules like the first couple that gets it on dies right away that's like rule number one of a horror film um and then when they're also trying to just get up to like that first class level to get away from the planes and just how many people fall from that stairwell and like get impaled in the most absurd ways like, there was one guy that got shot through the neck. There was a few other people that got just, like, absolutely just killed just from the fall of that. I thought that was hilarious. And then the last part, and I shouldn't have laughed at this, but it just, it, it literally made me buckle over. When the old flight attendant dies. Okay, so, like, the old flight, they're, like, they're all sad. And they just take her, take her flight attendant coat and put it over her as if, like, that's a proper burial. I was I was literally in tears. I was in tears laughing so hard. And it's supposed to be a (laughs) sentimental park since Julianne is like breaking down. But I I could not handle it. It was unreal. I I loved all those parts. Uh, Just on the back to Keenan Thompson landing this plane. Just, hey, I've done a flight simulator on a PlayStation 2. I can totally land this plane. If that's the case, if random people can just hop into a cockpit of a plane that large, a commercial plane, and just land it with very little problem during a huge crisis. What does that say? Are we overvaluing the skill set of pilots? Did this movie shine a light on, you know, maybe these pilots aren't quite as skillful as we think if Keenan Thompson can play PlayStation 2 I'm, and land it during a crisis? I'm not buying that you could land that plane, so I don't <laughs> think so. I think they were I think they, they were trying to make it a little bit simplistic, but it is great to Dex's point how the end turns into just a complete comedy bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like okay, like, we've had all these ridiculously tragic and the, horrible yeah. deaths and like, all right, we're going to goof around in the cockpit here. Now there's about 150 dead bodies back here. Gonna, the pimp on uh, the pimp. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> <To my right. laughs> uh, all right. I think, I think my favorite part was just the general leadership that Samuel L. Jackson showed <laughs> throughout this movie. All right. It's an unprecedented, you know, tragic crisis happening on a plane. You're trying to find solutions to it and you're trying to protect people. Um, 
you know, I just I don't know if many people would have shown that same level of leadership. Do you guys ever think to yourselves, this, this might get a little dark for a second, but um, whenever I'm on a plane, mm-hmm. I always briefly think to myself mm-hmm. a couple things like where's the bathroom in case my stomach starts. Which to you don't want to use because you're afraid mm-hmm. to use a bathroom on a plane, which we know. Okay, where just in case something goes haywire, where are the exits and where everything, yep. right? And then I think if something really goes haywire, am I going to be one of the people to step up and try and do something about it or help people? And in my mind, the answer is always yes. Like, yeah, hell yeah. I'm going to let's do it. Whatever it is. Like, I don't want to go too far down that path. But like, yep, I'm going to be the one in my mind. And I know that in reality, like the minute someone, the minute I see a snake or some other thing, like I'm probably going to curl into the field position. Would you guys be? More like Samuel Jackson, where something's going down on this plane right now, and someone needs to be a leader and save some lives and do some things. Like, are you Samuel L. Jackson or are you fetal position? I'm not getting near to trying to lead people. Are you kidding? <laughs> this is America. No one's going to listen anyway. No, I'm saving my own ass. Judd would, Judd would like lead the people just like, you know what, everyone just accept this. Just everyone accept it. Like we're all going to die. Everyone, like, yeah, Judd, Judd, would just, yep. Judd would be the accepting acceptance. of acceptance. Just like, like. No, I don't think I'd be that calm. I l- wish I was that calm, but I would definitely not try and lead. You'd be freaking um, everyone out is what you're saying. I'm the guy who, uh, who sits in the a- exit row and when they come and brief you, you know, read the pamphlet. Are you willing to do this? And you've got to say yes. I'm the guy. Really, you're thinks, like, no, dude. There's no. I'm chance. the guy who thinks you guys are all out of my right. We'll do it. I'm yeah. here for the legroom, yeah, and y'all yeah. are screwed. If yeah, you're, yeah. but I mean, I'll <laughs> say I'll do it because you have to, or they move your ass to a bad seat. But I'm going to allow the people to my right to do that work. Yeah. yeah. I. Jackson, what about you? Are you? Are you? Are you? Are you going to oh, play hero? It depends. If there's snakes on a plane, no, I am out. Uh, I don't do snakes. But um. So you would you suck the poison out of the little boy's Zero arm chance. like Sorry, that flight attendant did? Yeah, I, I think unless it's my own nephews or like I'm attached to this child. No, that kid's going to die. By the way, was that so they sliced his arm open and drained the poison? Yeah, Why yeah. then do you need to go in and suck the poison out? I, Wouldn't you just you know, I, squeeze the poison I, I, I out know. of the hole that you cut in his arm? Um, I believe it was uh, it's Al Franken. And I've done this before. Al Franken once said he carries a baseball in his carry on. Because he knows he couldn't like physically take down a terrorist, but he always said he was he's good at throwing a baseball. So at the very least, he would keep a baseball in his carry on so he could at least pelt the guy to like injure him while then someone else maybe gets after him and is able to detain the possible hijacker. Boy. And I've actually carried a baseball in my carry on before I'm dead serious for that exact reason. How confident would you feel if Hansel uh-huh. Robles was carrying a baseball, and he well, was he would the one that had to long. hit someone in the he'd have yeah. to hit someone in the temple to. Yeah, it would take you want to blend. You want to blend in so the terrorist doesn't kill you. Yeah, but I think I would. You don't want to throw a baseball. You throw a baseball. You're I. I am very. I'm. A, I'm a very good uh, follower. So if someone like was like saying we're going to do this, I would be one of the first people to volunteer. Like, all right, let's do it. Like, I, I, I get pumped up pretty easily, and I can get riled up pretty easy. So I would be able to be like the first soldier to go with him, but I would not be the guy leading the brigade, if you will. Sure. That's fair. Okay. So, uh, great leadership by Samuel L. I'm going to the back Judd, of Judd L. Jackson. Yeah. I'm going to the back of that plane. That's grabbing all the, plane all the seen, mini booze the bottles and is just going to chug as many as he can to, to drown his soul. Yeah, I'm going to hang up back out there with Juliana Margulies. <laughs> Wouldn't we all love yeah. to back in 2006? Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Judd, what was your least favorite part of this movie? 
So this is a cult classic. Like it is a great cult film. There's no question. And and you know when when you think it's serious, it gets funny, and when you think it's funny, it gets serious. But I'm going to go, and this is my problem with a lot of these films. And I'm going to go to it again. I think I've said this before about a film that I actually liked, and I like this film. Like it served its purpose. It wasn't great, but it served its purpose. Um, and in that context, was good. But it's the end again. The ending of these films. I mean, when you're going to write a film that is this all over the map, let's let's do something that is pleasantly surprising. Like Scream. Scream's great at the end, right? Because you don't know, like, you're like, okay, now I know, and now you don't know. And then and at the end of this, when the guy gets jumped by the one surviving snake or something. And yeah, you knew that was going to happen. Samuel yeah. L. Jackson shoots him in the bulletproof vest, so he kills the snake. But does Like... Let's find out the guy took the vest off and he, and he kills dead. him and, and he's dead or something <laughs> like like with a cult film to yeah. me the the key to a cult film is to end it with an oh my oh god my they god, did yeah. that and like if he had blown him away and he and he flew out of the plane dead and and he thought that he had the vest on so the end to me it was way too predictable Dude, and, then we, and were, then we find out that that Samuel L Jackson was in on the plan to put snakes on the plane altogether he shuts the door exactly, and but, takes off but like, yes but but like if you're going to do a cult film right that's the end yeah so I'm, i was really disappointed you. that they i was disappointed that it just became at the end of it i thought it became sort of just an action film and i'm like but come on you did a lot of cool stuff in between yeah so, yeah, Declan, your least favorite part. Um, there are way too many injuries below the belt in this film. <laughs> I think I've said before to you guys, I, I would rather just have instant death than get bit down there and then have never be able to use it ever again. Like, I'd rather have my head blown off than have a snake attached below the belt. I think we saw... I think we saw a little frontal action on that one bathroom scene there with when the guy when the snake bit that guy. Yeah, I, like we did. We we yeah. we got a little a little. I'm gonna say a little little peek, uh, a little base, a little yeah. peek at the base there. Oh, we got a glimpse. Little glimpse there. Yeah. Uh, okay. I I I cringe at all of those. Like of all the scenes and and like there's a lot of pretty disgusting, gross scenes that happen in this movie. I get so uncomfortable watching those. It makes me go crazy there are too many injuries there's like four or five people that get bit in intimate places in this movie and i would rather just take a bullet to the head and i don't like that so that those are that was my least favorite part of this movie uh i actually have a few least favorite parts here i'll I'll go with one for sure maybe we can do a couple of these but the general setting up of the snakes on the plane, okay? I, it almost feels like this movie was reverse engineered, like, okay, we yes. need snakes on a plane. That would be crazy. And then at some point, when you're writing the script and you're plotting this all out, well, how do we get the snakes on a plane? So let's go back to that part for a second. So you're a crime boss with a lot of pull, all right? You've got influence. You're evil. And your goal is to bring down that plane, You've got some options, all right? I'm not going to pretend to have thought much about these options myself. <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. Um, but you've got some options, right? All right, we need – so that witness, we need to take that witness out, which that's basically what it is, right? That's the, We need to take that witness out. So it's not even the plane. It's like it's that witness. And you choose the path of most resistance, right? No, we're going to put a gigantic crate of hundreds of snakes – 
in the base of that plane. Cover it up with luggage so that people don't see it. Make sure there's breathing holes, but they're not big enough for the snakes to get out until we release the snakes. Like, I just feel like if you're that influential as a crime boss, wouldn't there have been a path of lesser resistance to getting what you want at the end of the day than putting that giant crate of snakes in the plane? I don't know. Just felt felt a little far a little far fetched, believe it or not. I know. A lot, like you said, he's got got a lot of pull, a lot of friends. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing sort of related to that guy is uh, one of my least favorite things about bad guys in these movies, and he did it at the beginning. It's the bad guy who orders everyone around what to do with unrealistic expectations, right? Like, um, So he, he splatters this guy's head all over with a baseball bat at the beginning of the movie and then tells his cronies, clean it up. We got, we got to go, but clean it up. It's like, buddy, that's an unrealistic expectation. Like. A, you're telling us to hurry, and B, you just splatter that guy's blood all over. We have a dead body and blood everywhere, and you want us to just clean it up? Like, it's, it's going to take some time. Um, or then, then they see the, the, the guy ride off on the motor. The witness rides off on the motorbike, and it's, find that guy, which they did, mind you. But, again, bad guy with unrealistic expectations demanding things from his cronies is a very, very uh, common theme throughout these action movies. Why did the guy ride off on the motorbike when he was safely hidden in the bushes? Mm-hmm. It's a great call. There was no they, didn't, they didn't know he existed off. until he hopped on the motorbike, yeah. right? So yeah. wouldn't you just allow the scene to unfold and for them to leave and then you hightail it out of town? Well, we can't all be as cool, cool, calm, and collected when witnessing murders like Judd Zolgad. Like, he might have panicked. He might have panicked with what he saw and said, I got to get out of hey. here. It might have been a mistake by that guy. And the other thing, too, and I, I might have just missed this, but, like, the, the crime boss, he orders these snakes on a plane, but, like, does he, he doesn't get, like, apprehended ever. Does he? Like, he, he just gonna... he, he orders them, to, the snakes in the plane, they obviously, you yeah. know, they, they, they get that guy in that cornfield, you know, at, at to, to, like, figure out all, all those snakes. Snake but master. like Yeah, snake master guy. But what happens with the crime boss? They go in, so, so they are... They're tailing him and watching him throughout the film, but they're not arresting him because they can't prove yet that, that he killed the prosecutor. And so that's why the Bobby Cannavale, who's the FBI chief guy at the end, then says, arrest this guy and charge him with, you know, 60 counts of murder. So like they're going to arrest him, but they don't show that that part. Which yeah, I sort of like because I think if we had I think if we had involved the crime boss too much with the arresting stuff, we're talking 220 on this film. So I like the fact that the bad guy just sort of got swept away and we forgot about him because really the bad guy was the snakes. It's the snakes. That's yeah. And we'll get to that, too. Uh, Least believable part here, Judd. Well, the entire film. So, I mean, let's call it spade (laughs) to spade. Like there is basically from the time it starts to the time it ends. Um, But I guess mine would be the fact that if you were to put what eventually became a hole the size of that hole in a plane the bad guy wins, it crashes. I don't know anyone could land a plane that by, by the end, the side is basically largely blown out of the plane. So like <laughs> you would lose the wing, you would lose, that plane would crash. But it, but here, here's the thing, least believable for this film doesn't matter because like you, you just buy in. So it's not like, oh, it's really good. And then they screwed this film up. The whole film is not plausible. Yeah. So I really can't complain. But Keenan Thompson or Sully could not have landed that plane by the end. Yeah. I'm looking up here, too, because I'm curious how cold would it have been? They were probably still like 10 or 15,000 feet off the ground when they opened all the when they blew the windows yes. out. Right. Yes. At least. 
And so using standard lapse rate, temperature at 15,000 feet would be 25 degrees Celsius less than ground level. So if, if ground level, okay, so if ground level temp was 77 degrees Fahrenheit, it would have been 32. So we're talking L.A., we're talking, you know, so it was it was probably below freezing and windy yes. on that plane for an extended stretch while they were trying to <laughs> land that thing. And the scene of the flight attendants like holding on to seats that somehow don't yeah. come unglued yeah. from the floor, <laughs> saving their lives is absolutely hysterical. Yeah, or at least believable. Dex, half of that. Uh, I, I'm pretty. I'm not an engineer. Uh, I'm a radio producer, executive producer, but I'm pretty sure. If you blew out two windows, that plane would eventually just like rip in, like eventually would just rip in half with the air pressure, with the speed. I'm pretty sure that plane would just absolutely rip in half eventually. It would just Titanic and crank open like a like a can. That's probably accurate. And yeah. uh, the other part that's least believable, the obliviousness in airport bathrooms. So like everyone that goes into the bathroom, the couple that get it on, the guy that gets his. You know what? Eaten by the snake. They're all just like so like when you're in an airport bathroom, it is it's 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 like chest like it's you are like you got a a hand up. It's a bumpy plane like you are you are like really focusing on what you're trying to do in the bathroom. It's not like at home. You've had a couple beers and it's a Friday night and, you know, you're not really paying attention. Like when you're in an airport bathroom, you are on hyper focus because it's an airport bleeping bathroom. And they, they act like it's it's their it's their own bathroom on on a Friday night. That that's just like that's insanely at least believable to me. It's insanely at least believable to me. Yeah, I think um, yeah. The, there's a thunderstorm going on and it's turbulent, and they're just oh, let's just get in here and get it on for a while. I would so two things that are I'll give you my main one here, but um, this is probably more of a of a least favorite thing. So the mo- this movie in general, with everything Declan just said about like people doing things in the bathroom, this movie triggered so much airplane anxiety in yes. me. Like yes. the thunderstorm and the turbulence, crying babies. You got animals. I love animals, but like you got dogs and purses and stuff. It's just like I just want to chill out in peace with a, just a little bit of legroom. And this movie was like not not to mention the snakes, obviously. Um, so a lot, a lot of, a lot of flight anxiety here on this movie triggered, but the least believable thing for me, I've, I've been on a lot of cross country flights. I've flown to Hawaii Mm -hmm. before and back. And I feel like I always get stuck on like the plane with no modern technology or something. Right. And these guys, I mean, this wasn't like a flight to Europe or a flight to Japan or something or Australia. Like it's like a five hour flight, you know, back and forth from Hawaii. Yep. And this is the nicest, most ridiculous plane ever. It's like a double decker. Yeah. It's it's three different rows of seats. I mean, this is the most glamorous plane. I've never been on a plane like that before. And I'm just saying, like, from in my world, having flown a million times and never have seen a plane like that, I've never I've never drawn that card. It was the least believable thing to me in my consciousness. Well, and the plane is so clearly a set. Like, there's no attempt to make the set look <laughs> like a plane. It's just a set. Um, I don't, I honestly, and I might be wrong here. I don't think post 2001, at least we have seen double decker planes. I th- I think it's too, too expensive to in oh, the seventies. They, yeah. they, they had them. I think they've um, outlawed and, and, and the three row seat things definitely exist still. 
Um, but yep. I don't, yeah, I don't, in the seventies, they definitely had like, the, like a bar upstairs. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't think they fly them and I don't think they've flown them since at least 2001, if not before that. So they were using maybe an old concept here. Cause this was an Oh six movie. <laughs> it was also a very 1970s horror type, um, cult flick. Like it felt like it, it, it had a lot of seventies feeling as far as how they, as far as the premise, I thought. Which uh, this, that's a good segue into production notes. If you guys are ready for these here, mm-hmm. All right? So this movie's B movie esque title generated a lot of pre-release interest on the internet. This is two thousand six internet, right? So this. this is before social media. Really, I mean, Facebook was just like a college like, network. My MySpace was the big thing. At least for my yep. age, it was MySpace was the big thing. Yep. So one journalist wrote that Snakes on a Plane is perhaps the most internet-hyped film of all time. Mm-hmm. I think that's – especially in the early days. No, I that was accurate. accurate. That was totally accurate. It was a big deal when I was in junior high. Taking advantage of the internet buzz for what had been a minor film in their 2006 lineup, New Line Cinema ordered five days of additional shooting in early March of 2006. So shooting had wrapped up actually in September of '05. So like – Six or seven months later, they said, all right, this, is getting, this thing's getting some buzz. We need to add some things in here. So reshoots normally imply problems with a film, right? Oh, we got to reshoot that. It sucks. But in this case, the producers opted to add new scenes to the film to change the rating from PG-13 to R and bring it in line with the growing fan expectations. The most notable addition was a revision of a catchphrase from the film that was parodied on the Internet by fans of the film capitalizing on Samuel L. Jackson's typically foul-mouthed and violent film persona. <laughs> enough is enough. I've had it with these mother-bleeping snakes on this mother-bleeping plane. That was a reshoot to capitalize on the momentum of the movie so that it lived up to yep. the hype. More than 450 snakes were used for filming to represent 30 different species of snakes. Really? Okay. Hmm. So they really did. I, I was going to say I did couldn't tell if those were they, they looked real, but I couldn't. tell. I'm going to guess that the one that bit that guy's Johnson was probably a stunt snake. Maybe. But, uh, or, yeah. we, or just the well one trained. that bit that guy's head off. Just well trained. Now, yeah. just bite it a little bit. <laughs> Don't really bite God. it. Don't really lay those Stop. teeth into Stop. it. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Don't use your teeth. Come on, Mr. Snake on a plane. Oh, my God. All right. Definitive bad guy rankings. So, that's so uh, the snakes are the yeah. bad guy, right? Yeah, the snakes. The, the, the mm-hmm. bad guy is a non-entity. Baby. He got like $30 for the film. Yeah. The so the, cri- the criteria here we're looking at are iconic. Are they how iconic? How ruthless? And then how charismatic and sort of memorable? Charismatic. The Terminator is number one. Hans Gruber, Michael Myers, and Clubber Lang are two, three, and four. Hans Gruber from Die Hard. The Predator from Predator, Cyrus the Virus from Con Air, Simon Phoenix from Demolition Man, Cobra Kai from Karate Kid, Mr. Joshua from Lethal Weapon, and Yvonne Drago from Rocky Four round out the top ten. I got to say. Yvonne Drago seems low now. In I agree. I agree with that. I feel like we goofed that one up. Mm-mm. I think we did. I think he should be ahead of a few of these, but, I'm not but these are there's a lot of heavy hitters in here. Yeah, this maybe. Yeah. Um, can, um, can I can I suggest that there's a perfect place for it, these snakes? Because because in fact this film used a little bit more enhanced because it was 2006 technology. 
for when you were looking at what the snakes were looking at, the, they used the predator. The predator, exactly right. I would put the snakes right alongside that. Would you put the? I agree. By the way, I, I think definitely it's the snakes on a plane are as iconic as almost any bad guy you're going to find. Ruthless, my God! Like oh, these yeah. snakes aren't just there to hang out and hide; like they're actively killing people. Pheromone well, uh, cinema. So they're definitely in the top ten. I guess the question is: Are they above or below? The predator. You'd have you'd have better context for like the iconic nature of the predator going back, but I almost think just based on the viral nature of snakes on a plane, early internet age, I think they're ahead of the predator. I'd be comfortable with them just in in I, either either one is fine to me. Uh, but I just Let's think put them above. If we put them above, they'd be fifth. Thing. They'd be fifth. You guys have any objections with that? No, but I do feel like at some point in time the committee might might want, want to go in and rectify the Ivan Drago mess up. We might. Part of the problem is De- Declan has only reviewed like seventy five percent of these. Okay, because Rami and Jonathan were part of some of these. That's right. That's so, right. Um, but, but anyway, yeah. Dex, your thoughts. And who is snakes? so so? And who he's about the predator and who else? Just curious. So here's the order right now. If we keep it, the Terminator, Hans Gruber from Die Hard, Michael Myers from Halloween, Clubber Lang from Rocky Three. And the snakes from Snakes on a Plane 5. Just ahead of The Predator, Cyrus the Virus from Con Air, Simon Phoenix from Demolition Man, and Cobra Kai from Crime. This is accurate. Yep, this is accurate. I'm fine with that. I like that. All right. Overall, 1 through 10 rating here. So this is just pure entertainment value for you. Terminator, Die Hard, and Halloween are the only three perfect 10s. Taken, John Wick, Commando, Predator, Beverly Hills Cop are all 9 or above. And then we have, like, 50 other movies below that. The worst movies we have reviewed to this point, as I just close out my uh, my screen here on accident with my fat thumbs. Come on, old man. Uh, at the very, very bottom, um, Beverly Hills Cop 2 dem- was a 1. Demolition Man, Kindergarten Cop, Shoot 'em Up, and Bloodsport, which I take issue with, but that's okay. So how would you grade this? 1 through 10, entertainment value. Okay, so the, this crossed into a, a genre I didn't realize fully until I watched it, which is not just an action film, but also a, a cult film. Like, mm-hmm. it's a definite cult film. Um, it had a lot of problems, but you know what? It also had a lot of fun. Yeah. And cult-wise, cult-wise, which I love cult films, like, those, those are hard to do. Uh, I'm going to land on a nine. Wow. I'm going to give it a very high wow, nine because dude. it, because for, for every purpose that we have, it basically did what yes. we ask a film to do. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and crossing into cult territory, which we have not done. I don't think that's a good point much at all until now I'm giving it a nine. Well, yeah. I, and I, I will say that like action movies in general, like there are culty, it's probably the more cultier drama. Cause, cause there's just a, a absurd amount of them, but um, I, I'm with Judd. I'm actually I give it an eight. I don't give it a nine, but I give it an eight. I think it's a fun movie. It's enjoyable. Um, I I probably wouldn't like always want to sit down and watch it over and over again. But if it was on TV or if I flipped on HBO or something and I saw it on, like I'm probably gonna sit down and watch the rest of this movie. I love this film. And getting Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> to do the, this film is just I is it's enormous. Yeah, he, I, I'm, so a, good I'm, a, I'm a Samuel L. guy. I, I did not love this movie nearly as much as you guys did. I just thought, I don't know, it, the whole thing was so, I knew what was going to, I'd never seen this, and the whole thing was just like, yep, yep, all right, yep, bat, those two are going to definitely get killed in the bathroom. Like, it was, yeah, to me, that. it was kind of like watching a just a B-level 
horror movie from the eighties where it's fine. Like I didn't hate it by any means. Um, I thought that the hype of it was definitely greater than the actual movie. For sure. So if you take away the hype of it and you just watch the actual movie, to me it was a six. It was a six. And usually I come in higher on these ratings than yeah, you guys that's do. Fine, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, that's fine, Mr. Kildra. So Dex that, and I will keep this yep, sure. film in our minds forever. But that that still gives it a seven point seven, which is tied with Die Hard Two and just above Lethal Weapon. Yeah. So it's in some pretty pretty good company but there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So there it is. All right. I, I, I motion that for – I think we should stay on Action Movie Rewind here. Mm-hmm. And this one's been on the list for a long time, and it would take us back to a Sylvester Stallone classic, quote-unquote. The arm wrestling action movie over the top. Oh. I think we should do it. Okay. What do you oh, guys oh, are down oh, for? Just quickly. What's the running time? 133. Oh, okay. Yeah, over the top it is. Yeah, they cut they cut thirty minutes of uh, extra arm wrestling scenes out to keep it under. Hey, listen, two hours. I forgot Robert about that. Loja two weeks ago or three weeks ago. Robert Loja's Robert the greatest. Loja. If you want to see, I I just saw him in a Charlie's Angels from like nineteen seventy six playing a bad guy. It's just great. <laughs> Look over there. It's Robert it's Loja. Robert Loja. <laughs> oh, that's as L, in as in Loja. Oh my yeah. God! It's, it's Robert, Robert Loja. Loja. He's great. <laughs> All right, that's a wrap. We got to go. Thanks for hanging out with us. I'm Mackie and Judd. And uh, just remember, YouTube, Score North MN YouTube, click subscribe. Purple Daily YouTube, click subscribe, where we can give you our uh, our radio faces on a daily basis. Thanks for hanging out. Well, I know what I got to do. We're in a 200-foot aluminum tube, and we're 30,000 feet in the air. And any one of those slimy little pieces of can trip a circuit or a relay or hydraulic, and this bird goes down faster than a tie hooker. So my job is to keep LAX informed on how totally screwed we are and then find some way to keep this mother in the sky another two hours. Figure that out.